Welcome to episode 54 of Sound Pollution. Thank you again for joining me this week. Quick plea to all you wonderful listeners. Would you please like and follow me on whatever listening platform you are using? I can see that my downloads are increasing steadily, but not my followers, so that would be super helpful. Also, I am still looking for a co-host. If you think you might be interested in that, please send me a message on social media or the podcast email at soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. This is a longer interview, so I'm jump right into it. This week, uh, we are speaking with Justin Grobel, a musician from the California Bay Area. He is going to share with us a little bit about himself personally, his inspirations, writing process, and how he made a living through the pandemic. As always, we are going to discuss the stories behind some of his music and get a little advice. Please make sure to show this artist some love as usual. Click on those links below and show that appreciation. And on to the interview. All right, everybody, we are here with Justin, and I want to thank you for joining Sound Pollution today, and why don't you start off by telling my listeners, oh, you're welcome, Uh, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, I'm uh, Justin Grobel. I live in the Bay Area, California. Um, I'm a musician, singer, songwriter, producer, um, teacher. I have a wife, two kids, uh, two boys, uh, eight and 14. And Ooh, my daughter's uh, 15. Yeah. I'm there with the teenage years. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's a boy. Cause it's hard enough, but <laughs> I couldn't imagine a daughter, but yeah, I primarily play music for a living mm-hmm. and um, I've been doing a lot more stuff from home. I'm um, trying to teach more and especially, you Haven't know, the pan- pandemics kind of, yeah, it's kind of forced me into trying different avenues and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's, what's going on with me. What got you well, actually, let me step back to the pandemic thing. You've had to try some new things like me- musically. Are you writing with other people, but far away from each other? Uh, I know a lot of musicians I talk to have tried that. Um, no, no, not a lot of that. But, um, you know, more of just trying to to uh, dive into, you know, unfinished songs that, mm-hmm. you know, I had sitting around for a long time. Um, and then just trying trying to to record more of them and produce more and having people come here I've been doing more with with as far as collaborating with other people it's been more of like playing the producer role and then you know okay. recording their music and all that kind of stuff so but it's pretty much the same as far as writing and um, you know the way I go about you know my own music and that's just doing it by myself <laughs> <laughs> what got you what got you interested in music in the first place was there like an aha moment for you um not really I mean you know, my parents love music, turned me on to music when I was a kid, We're like a, you know, pretty wide spectrum of genres and everything like, you know, from the Beatles to Frank Sinatra, from Led Zeppelin to Black Sabbath. I mean, nice. but um, yeah, but, you know, I guess my aha movement would be like when Nirvana came out. I grew up in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, you know, late 90s. Me and too. uh yeah. And so that, you know, Kurt Cobain came on the scene. I wanted to be a rock star immediately. That's what made me get my first guitar. And all I want to do is play Nirvana songs. And then, um, yeah, you know, then I started progressing from there and, you know, branching out and finding new music and obviously we mature and all that. And I still love that. Um, you'll find like on my YouTube channel, I have a few Nirvana covers I do and they're still one of my favorite bands, but yeah, I was listening um, to them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nirvana is one of my favorite bands. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Like uh, a lot of others probably have this, a similar story. 
yeah, they in our the, in our age group. Yeah, they were the Beatles of our time. They absolutely I mean, they just were. Um, they were so inspiring. Oh, I love. I, I I still miss him. And then of course. And then I had a conversation with somebody like right when I started the podcast actually, and he was like, "How are you?" And I'm like, "I'm really sad because they just played Nirvana on the classic rock station, and I don't know how I feel." Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was disturbed. I don't listen to the radio, but. I'm sure that's probably going on, but, um, you know, Hey, at least they're being heard. Still good. <laughs> still good. I still did good. Yeah. My, they, you know, they come on the radio or green day comes on the radio and my daughter's like, no, we don't change the station when they're on the radio. Oh. And I'm like, yes, that is There's right. Hope yet. There's oh, hope we're, yet. we did good. Um, so obviously yeah. Nirvana is one of your influences. Is there anybody else that stuck out for you, especially since, you know, you're a guitarist, was there a guitar player that you were just like, this oh is yeah, amazing. for sure. I'm a huge Jimi Hendrix fan. Mm. Um, I love like, you know, the kind of the different, you know, spectrums of music, obviously. So I like, I like to rock out. And then I also like, you know, to play more folky kind of poppy acoustic stuff, I guess, singer songwriter style stuff. So I have kind of my favorites from those categories and from the Rocky, you know, electric guitars, you know, style would be more like Jimi Hendrix, um, John, John Fruciante from the Chili Peppers is probably my mm. overall favorite guitarist. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, he's amazing. And and then, you know, kind of from the acoustic spectrum would be more like I love Elliot Smith. And some people kind of get surprised by this, but I love Jason Mraz. Uh, um, he's he's an amazing lyricist. He is. And he's just an amazing songwriter. And he's, he's kind of like my, my go-to for happy songs. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of uh, sway more away from that in my own songwriting and uh, kind of have a deeper kind of, kind of, you know, more, I don't know. I don't want to say darker, but like, you know, I'm not happy go lucky as far as my style goes, but um, yeah, everybody needs some Jason Mraz in their life. So I'd say those are probably some of my biggest influences throughout the years. So let's jump right into one of the songs. I really loved the strings in this. I'll never forget you. How did that song come about? Um, it's funny you should ask because it actually started with the strings. Sometimes when I'm like having, uh, you know, I'm having some writer's block. I don't really believe in writer's block. I feel like you can power through it and, you know, but for lack of a better word and without getting too into it. Mm -hmm. had a little bit of you know like I was kind of like you know fiddle around on the guitar fiddling around on my midi keyboard and I wasn't really coming up with anything when that happens sometimes I'll I'll go into Logic Pro that's the software I use right I'll I'll just go through the loops and I'll just see if a loop inspires me you know like something so I came across that loop so I dragged the loop in and it just started this onslaught of just like stuff coming out of me like I didn't even like you know, no was new was there. And that song literally came about in like 45 minutes. And I was playing things in the MIDI and then I was adding in things on like my, you know, the guitar and bass. And then I was like adding loops and just like this mesh of like all different kinds of things like, you know, so, and then um, um, the lyrics and the singing were, you know, kind of the last thing I did. I just let the music dictate what I was going to sing in the melody and all that, you know, it's just about, it's about loss and, and finding hope through, you know, when hope is the, the last thing that on your mind. So yeah, it's um, very fitting yeah. for yeah exactly. our lives over the last like two or three years. Um, it's also really, that's a really pretty song. I really enjoyed that. I was like, those strings are so on point. Um, uh, thank you. You were 
So you said you produced as well. Yeah. You produce other people and yourself. When did you get started doing that? It was actually not something I, I really planned on trying to get into. It was kind of something I, you know, it's kind of fell into actually. It was, it was something I was kind of forced into in the beginning because I wanted to get my, I wanted to get my degree in music. And in order to do that uh, in music industries, not music theory, because I already have my degree in music theory. I went back to school. So you have two degrees. I, yeah. I have in one music. in music theory. And one, yeah, and one in music industries. Good for you. Well, you know, it's uh, it's good to to know as much as you can, you know. So, and uh, so I went to music industries, and and I really didn't know what I was getting into with music industries, but come to find out, it was a lot more interesting than music theory. Music theory, I was, you know, 
falling asleep half the time. I didn't even finish my first music theory class. I was like, there's no, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not my, you know, it's something that is really good to know, but for my style of music, I mean, it comes in handy every now and then. Right. You know, but anyway, I started doing music industries and they started telling me, I, you know, was, I had to, you know, it was mandatory. I did these uh, learn pro tools, learn logic and go and do these recording classes, multi-tracking classes. So that kind of got me into it. And I kind of like by default, like started doing it because I had to. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of got into it. I started digging it, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Instead of going to somewhere to re- record my music and paying somebody, I could do this myself. Right. So that was probably like four or five years ago. I got all the equipment and uh, got into it. And so now I produce my own stuff and trying to produce other people. And it's a it's a constant learning curve, though. And it's always changing and always updating. And, you know, it's still a lot to learn, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love it. And you're a teacher as well, because you just do everything, I guess. Uh, how did you get started doing <laughs> yeah. teaching? Um, kind of because of the pandemic, that's what really led me. I mean, I always had like, you know, throughout the years, I've always had kind of like, I mean, a student here or there, somebody mm-hmm. that knew I play guitar or I play bass or whatever. And just like, asked me, you know, it was like a more of a personal thing, you know, like, Hey, can you teach me guitar? Yeah, sure. Whatever, you know, but I never took it serious and actually advertised like, Hey, I teach, you know, yeah. come on, bring your kids. And then I got a position at a place called guitar Lena, which is in Brentwood, which is a guitar Academy. And um, it was just right place, right time. The lady was pregnant and she was going to be out for like three months. And um, I happened to give her my card in a parking lot. And she was like, oh, she called me like a week later. She's like, can you come teach? I'm like, uh, okay. So <laughs> sure. I literally was like, yeah, I was like there a week later and I was teaching. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, when she comes back, you know, I, I think I can do this on my own. It was kind of like the same, the recording thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I should just start doing this, you know? Cause I, I always kind of was a little, I don't know. I had tunnel vision. I was like, I want to get my music out there and I want to be a performer. Cause that's, that's my, you know, forte. That's my, my love right there. My passion right, is getting my music out there and being a performer. But I was like, you know, maybe I should try these, these other things, you know, cause uh, it's good to have different things going on. <laughs> so I started teaching. I started putting out an ad. Now I have like, you know, six students that uh, one that learns drums and bass and the rest are guitar. Okay. So that brings me to my next question. How many instruments do you play? Okay. So I can play probably about four different instruments, like without like really making myself look too stupid. Okay. Um, guitar <laughs> is my primary instrument. And then if like I, if the emergency bass player and drum player and pianist were, were unable, I could be the emergency backup to the emergency backup. So, so you are um, the in case a, shit drummer and pianist. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think I could, I think I'm probably being a little too modest, but bass and drums I'm, I'm fairly apt at. Um, and I give beginner lessons there. And I always tell my students, Hey, if you want to really like, you know, be Neil Pert or, you know, you know, flee from the chili peppers, you'll have to go to a more advanced teacher, but I can definitely get them started, but I definitely go advanced with guitar and then, um, you know, teach, you know, super beginner piano, just where the notes are scales and that kind of stuff. That's awesome. What do you like about teaching? First, first and foremost, you know, I think that it's kids playing instruments nowadays has become, you know, really scarce you know, first off. So just to know that a kid is learning an instrument is pretty awesome. So I, I want to definitely be a part of like, you know, seeing more and more kids do that. Yeah. I love um, that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like if you look at, you know, some of the stats, you know, like gu guitar, you know, um, you know, guitar sales are down like 60% really where they were. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting that scary. Yeah, it's getting scary. You know, it's like kids are, you know, they're they're playing, they're playing on their, you know, hitting buttons on the MIDI keyboard, which is cool, you know, as a tool. Right, yeah, it's, yeah. But I'd like to see kids playing music and and just, you know, learning instruments and then, you know, and then it's it's totally self-gratifying when you like teach a kid something or, you know, even an adult, I have a few adult students, you know, and they, and they dig it, they get into it, they come back and after they practice it the whole week and for their next lesson and they're playing it like way better. And it's just, I don't know, it's just really cool to um, see people progress and play music. And this is one I'm just throwing in because this made me think if you couldn't do something in the music world, like if for some reason you just, you couldn't, what could you do instead? I would either be, that's actually a good question. And I have, I, I already knew my answer the minute you said it, I would either be a zoologist because I Ooh, love animals. Yes. Same. Yes. Or I would be a chef. I love cooking. So those are two things I would definitely fall back on. I was like, you know, if, if this music thing doesn't work out, you know, I, I, I think I could be a good cook, you know, or the, the animal one is a little far-fetched because I probably should have started, you know, um, that about 20 years ago, trying right. to uh, get the, yeah. That's the another degree. To to do that. <laughs> yeah, another exactly. Degree. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be the guy fed him or, you know, went and, uh, you know, cleaned up after him, if you know what I mean, if I had to, right? because uh, I love animals so much, I'd even go as far as to do that um, if I had the chance. But um, yeah, those are the two things for sure. Animals are cooking. So yeah. next song I want to talk about is Let It Out. I really like right. the lyrics in that. And were you listening to like the Beatles a lot when you wrote that? Because I really felt it was had had some McCartney feel to it. Tell me about that song. Um, no, not not that I recall, but, um, you know, maybe subconsciously some Beatlesque stuff was coming out because. You know, they were definitely one of my parents' favorites. I mean, it was yeah, mine too. Probably, yeah, probably the Beatles were on more than any other band growing up. Um, but no, that was just kind of one of those songs I was just goofing around on the piano and uh, you know, just came up with those simple chords and and it just came I, to you. Yeah, it just kind of came to me and and it was it's kind of funny because I was playing it and I was thinking, okay, this is simple, like like I got to make it more complicated and like, but no. I mean, really what, what, what is it about that? That makes a song good. It's, it's not about that. It's about just how it makes you feel. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just write a song about how, you know, a simple, a simple beat and a simple melody can, can really, you know, you know, give you the, give you the chills, give you the goosebumps and, you know, it's not something. So that's kind of like what the song's about and it has a deeper under more underlying meaning if I really got into it, but you know, it's kind of more or less what the song is about is just, you know, feeling the music and how, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you get this, but I get this sometimes that, you know, sometimes um, I have the line in there. Um, sometimes they make you feel, you know, more or less mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing because I'm drawing a blank right now on my own song, but it says, um, you know, sometimes songs make you bring you up, but some songs, some, some songs are sad, but they make you happy. It's like, it's weird songs that are kind of dark or, or sad or negative kind of it's so you know, funny because like, that was the line that stuck out to me the most yeah you like sitting in that sadness you know I listen like I listen to Elliot Smith and he kind of does that to me and people go I've turned him on to people and he's definitely an acquired taste and right you know, I tell people they're like he's depressing you know I said you know what 
it may it, yeah, for but some you have reason it makes me happy. feelings too. Like you have to process those exactly. and then you can feel better. Exactly. And it kind of makes you feel like you're not alone. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one that's thinking this stuff or feeling this way. So so music yeah, is a um, is a type of therapy for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It always has been. I mean, I you'll learn more about me through my music than you will me talking to me for sure give me another song to sing about the rights and wrongs and tell a story you are you've heard before the bittersweet but always golden melody a simple beat to take you home Taking the high road How many times have I lost How many songs have I sung Have I given it all that I've got
Hey everyone, there's a new season of sound pollution coming your way. I know it's been a really rough 18 months and we are not out of the dark yet, but I'm going to keep bringing you new independent artists, their music, and their stories, as well as some updates from fabulous musicians that have been here before. I will be introducing you to the occasional guest co-host this fall as well. Will I find a permanent partner for the show? If you're interested in being a guest musician on Sound Pollution or want to co-host an episode, shoot me a message at soundpollutionpodcast.com or soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Be love and make some noise. Now, what's your writing pl- process like? Because those two songs you talked about so far, it seems like it just kind of clicks together for you. You know, if, you, if you're getting stuck, you can throw on a loop and it, it'll pull you out again. Is, is your writing process the same every time or does it kind of vary depending on your mood? Uh, it kind of varies. Yeah. I mean, it, there's one thing I can say is I never sit down and go, I'm going to write this kind of a song. Like okay. uh, whenever I, yeah, I've tried to do that and um, I always end up never really writing anything I like and it all kind of just falls apart. You know, I don't really have like a, like a way I do things, you know, it's like you said, you know, it, it's, I might get inspiration from a loop and then that kind of just snowballs into something or um, I'll pick up a guitar and start, you know, tinkering around, playing some chords, maybe, you know, find a riff or whatever, and then just kind of start to build on it and just kind of feel it. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like if I, if I go into the songwriting process thinking too much, I'm already doomed, you know, like I'm already kind of probably have like this really crappy session and come away like, Oh, feel like a loser today, you know, like wasted time today. (laughs) Yeah. But if I go into it, like, Hey, let's see what happens, you know, and more times than not, you know, some, some serious garbage comes out because I'm, you know, like I always, always say like, you know, if I was unexpectedly, uh, you know, die or something the first thing i want you to do is like you delete my re- my voice recorder on my phone because there's about 1600 recordings on there that are awful but <laughs> they're ideas <laughs> they're yeah. ideas you know yeah and they're it's easier important. to pull that out on your phone than it is to try to write them down when you're at the, on the road exactly so it's like you know but yeah i never go into it with like a i don't have like a set way i do things i just you know just kind of let it flow but um one thing i can tell you that i always do though and um because i've been asked this question a lot before one thing i definitely do is i i let the music dictate the lyrics i never write lyrics before i don't know how people do that i'm really jealous people can do that because um i've tried to do that and it just i i fail miserably every single time so i always write the music first and then like let the lyrics dictate i think maybe out of hundreds of songs i've might have done that once or twice and it okay. wasn't even that great of a song oh so you're like it just doesn't about- work for me yeah, that's the only like set thing I kind of stick to when I go into the song. I'm like, well, there's one thing I know I won't be doing is writing the lyrics. See, and for some people, that's what they I don't it's different for everybody. Um, I had a conversation with someone not so long ago. They were like music first and then the lyrics. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. See, for me, I can't <laughs> do that. I can't do that. You have to do lyrics first. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I'm like, this is the mood. And so then it kind of goes from there. Wow. Like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Crazy. Or that- or if somebody hands me music, they're like, write lyrics to that. I can do that. that oh, I can really? Do. Yeah, it's it's stupid weird. It makes no sense. I, I don't know why. That's just a um, just goes to show how, you know, the different creative minds work. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like I can't I really I really just can't like get in that that in my head and fathom that like I would I just I'm hor- I've tried. I've been like, I'm going to put these lyrics to a song. I'm going to do this just because I want to see if I can. Seriously. And it, mm-hmm. and, it, and it always just falls to shit. I mean, it's just like garbage. And I'm like, okay, I'll just write the lyric or the, the music first. 
what do you like more writing or playing? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I guess if I had to choose one playing playing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like playing because when I go to play, it's like, it's just fun. You know, it's just fun. I mean, I'm not up there frustrated and going, what the hell am I going to do in this next part? And ah, I can't get past this thing. You know, I'm just, I'm playing and, and just having a grand old time. You know, I'm not, I've never, you know, unless I'm having some technical issues or something, it's usually everything said, I got everything down and prepared and I just play and it flows, but the writing process can, it's hard, you know, it's, it's fun and it's, it's a passion, but it's, it's, it can be really hard, difficult sometimes and frustrating. What advice would you give somebody who, who wanted to become a musician? You know, first keep your options open. Like, you know, don't give up because you picked up a guitar and it wasn't your thing. You know, maybe, maybe that's not your instrument. Right. If you do end up getting a new instrument, don't fool yourself going into it, thinking that you're going to be a, an expert the next week. That's what a lot of my students do that. Oh yeah. You know, or they come, they come with that kind of mind frame, like, you know, it's going to be easy and all that stuff. I mean, to get good at an instrument, it, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication and, you know, you gotta, you gotta put in the hours, you know, it comes easier to some people, but, um, and then, you know, people that are like one in a million that are like just prodigies and just get amazing in six months is like totally unrealistic. So don't even, you know, you might be one of those people, Yeah. but more times than not, you got to put in the effort. And, um, you know, there's definitely like little hurdles that if you get over them, things get a lot easier, like, you know, muscle memory when playing a string instrument or, or any kind of instrument, really you know, just getting over those physical aspects of it and your body kind of adjusting to the weirdness of playing an instrument and, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I always tell my guitar students, for instance, this is, this is a good example. Like, you know, it hurts their hand or something. Oh, yeah. you know, it hurts their wrist, you know? And I tell them like, just, and I've had, I've had a lot of, not a lot of students, but I've had a fair amount of students quit because they just didn't like that their hand was hurting or they were, you know, the way their fingertips felt and all that stuff. And I'm like, just get through that get through that and develop some calluses and get your, get your wrist and your hand used to it. And then you'll, you'll be amazed what, where to lead you. So just know that it's going to take some hard work. And um, if you're, if you're into it and stick with it, you'll get good. I mean, I think anybody can get good if they put the time in, you know, just follow your heart. And um, if you do end up getting, you know, uh, start writing or you get into an instrument or whatever, just do your own thing. You know, don't let anybody dictate what you play, how you play, you know, just like, just, do your own thing. Yeah. You know? Do you. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk about divided sorrow. And now in a set in parentheses, it was, it was live. So the track you sent me, that was live. Right. Okay. Well, it didn't sound live and <laughs> that is awesome. But I really, what was that instrument that was just in the background? Was that just like the keys? Was it, was it a synth? What was that? Um, It's, it's kind of like a synthy sound. It's called a pad. It's like a okay. synth pad. Okay. That's, yeah, it's kind of. That, that's yeah. what I meant, but the words were not happening. <laughs> they were not forming in my face. No, it's all good. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a setting on my keyboard, and I I had re- uh, written that song with uh you know it's the normal like you know Steinway piano sound, and um I need I wanted something a little bit more um like electronicy or mm-hmm. you know just kind of something a little bit more fuller had more sustain. So I just hit that on and I started playing it and but yeah I started writing that song um the little synthy sound and it, it's actually um it's kind of a combination of the piano sound and the synthy sound that I tried to add in because I really liked what the end sound sounded like with the normal piano sound you know like the in the, the part in the middle where I play guitar was kind of something that came last minute because I was like you know what I was holding out some notes and it was kind of getting boring 
So I was like, you know, I need to add something here. So I was like, hey, maybe I can be a badass and like hold this sustain pedal and yeah. have that ringing out while I grab my guitar. And yeah, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't do that part like five times in a row before I actually kept the one that's on there. Um, wow. When you hear. Yeah. And actually I have a video on my YouTube doing it live, but that's the reason why I released it live. I'm glad you mentioned that because I did thought it sounded good and I put it through my mixer and I kind of, you know, almost recorded it like you would like through your, you know, software. But um, I just kind of, I was going to record it like, you know, the whole recording process, like you usually would in the studio. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is, this is pretty good. You know, I don't know if I really need to go back and do that. This is kind of raw. No you know, kind of I hit, hit all the right points that I wanted to hit. So it had almost an ambient because I don't know, I guess because it was live, it was, there was almost some distancey sound to it. It sounded yeah, the room like, sound. yeah, it sounded like, and the tones, it was very is meditative a word. I feel like it's not. And I sound like an idiot, but no, it, I, it, I totally feel you. That's where I was with it. I was like, oh, okay. And it took me a minute at first to realize how sad the lyrics actually are until the very end. And I was like, oh, you put a switch in there. Okay. Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, touching on a couple points you just talked about. First, I was going for that ambient sound. I used the perfect word. You know, I like that droning ambient kind of mm -hmm. soundscape thing that's going on with the song. Uh, as far as lyrically goes, I mean, I lost my dad like two years ago. Mm, and, so sorry. Um, oh, thank you. But so it's kind of about him, just lost and everything. That's kind of been like, kind of been the subject I've been writing about. I think I got it out of my system. Uh, but I've been just like, I've been you just, just kind jinxed of like yourself. It... Yeah, right. I've been, <laughs> I've been just like writing and writing and writing about that kind of stuff, like for like the past two years, you know, just to kind of cope with it. And um, I think I've, got it out of my system. I'm like, okay, I think, you know, I told my dad, I was like, Hey dad, if you're listening, I got about 11 songs about, you know, losing you and all that stuff. I think I'm done now. So we're going to have to be good with that. So that's kind of what it's about. But um, as far as the ending goes, like you were talking about, I kind of try to do that with all my songs. I, I, I'm not happy go lucky with my, with my lyrics or, you know, my songs, but I always like to have some kind of positive ending or twist. Like, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel as bad as things get sometimes. Tell me I'm not dreaming now Tell me that you're reaching out for me Tell me I'm not alone Tell me you're coming home That's what I really need Your Rotten pain that's driving me insane. It's all going to leave if only I could feel your touch, see you breathe, hear you speak to. Then maybe I could finally sleep. 
scratching at the walls of an endless tunnel. No light in sight. I step into my pitiful puddle. Chemical alleviation has me feeling rather troubled. I embrace collapse, I welcome it in fact. Bury me in my Do you have any upcoming shows or anywhere you're playing in the near future? Um, I'm going to be playing at the Favalora Wine Tasting Club that's in uh, Livermore. But yeah, I got a, a couple shows going on there. I have one at this place called Crown and Crow in Brentwood and another at the Coco Wine Company. And it's been a little tough getting shows with COVID. I yeah. was on a roll. 
I was playing festival at the festival after festival and I had a lot of uh, momentum going and um, you know, cause I, I was in a band for a really long time um, in my twenties. And then I had my son when I was 30 and then I kind of ditched the whole, you know, played personally for myself all the time and kept writing, but you know, I didn't really want to do the rock and roll lifestyle or even pursue it, you know, mm-hmm. cause I didn't want to miss out on my son growing up. So I kind of, and both my kids, but, um, you know, my, my other son, he was, you know, I met my wife, he's my stepson, my older son. And, uh, but so he was a little older, but I mean, my, my other, uh, son, Aiden, who's eight, uh, and Sebastian is the older one. He won't forgive me if I don't put his name out there. He's like, say uh, it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you didn't mention me, dad. You just said the older Sweater. one. <laughs> and then you just, you said, you said Aiden. Uh, but, uh, anyway, so long story short, um, so I kind of picked this up like a couple of years before, you know, COVID hit and all that. I was getting some momentum and putting out some songs, get my YouTube channel rolling, get my Spotify. And then, yeah. you know, boom, of course, you know, Murphy's Law, like <laughs> pandemic hits. I was actually teaching music production at DVC when it hit mm. and I had a full class. I had my first full class. And so now I'm just, I'm now I'm just venting about that happening, but oh, um, it's, it's all good. Everybody does it. Yeah. So now that it's like coming back to me now, I like, I've, I've, I've made friends with it. Now it's coming back to me talking about it. And, <laughs> You're uh, like, Oh, that, that he should not be like, mentioned. Damn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now I'm trying to get back to these places, half of them, you know, places that I usually play, I used to play freight and salvage, which is like a national act place. Uh, a lot of great, you know, people play there. Jason Mraz has played there. A lot of really good musicians. Um, hers played there. Um, Jack Johnson's played there. I've played, I've done some shows there. Yeah. And uh, it's a really amazing venue, but they're not doing live shows yet. They're just doing virtual shows and all this stuff. So yeah, I'm trying to get more live shows. That's kind of like what I really love doing. And uh, do you have, do you have any social media or websites that you want to plug real quick? Um, Yeah, I actually just launched my, my uh, website for uh, the studio and um, it's, yeah, it's a JG home studios. Um, my initials, Justin Grobel, JG home studios.com. And, uh, you can go on there and check out the studio and read a short little biography on me and, you know, just kind of get a feel for what I do. And then has all the links in there to Spotify and Apple music and all that to go check out my music. And, um, and then, yeah, you know, I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, all those, you know, music platforms, well, Justin, I don't want to take any more of your time. Thank you so much for being on the show. Make sure you send me information as, as things start opening up in your world. And uh, maybe sure. we can have you on again in, in like a year and see where you are. That would be great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, that sounds great. I'm excited to uh, watch your channel grow and see what you have coming up next. Man, I appreciate you. Have a good night. Go. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Sound Pollution this week. I'm going to take this opportunity to thank you again for stopping by. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the show on any of the listening platforms you are using and social media as well. And again, if you're interested in being a co-host, send me an email at soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Justin, for being on the show. I appreciate you, and I hope we get to touch base again around the same time next year. I want everybody to get out there, be love and make some noise.